Hi, Ryan. Hello, sir. How are you you today? today? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited. This is new. This is pretty, uh, pretty cool and exciting. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. No, of course. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Manhattan right now. It's, it's a pretty drowsy weather. It's pretty sad. Uh, it's rainy. Mm. It's about 40 degrees right now. Um, so how's the, how's the weather in San, San Diego? Yeah. So yeah, like you said, I'm in, I'm in Southern California right now. The, unfortunately, I'm one of the few parts of California that's not on fire right now. And yeah, it's, it's doing all right. It's, you know, it's, it's 60, 70 degrees, pretty much regardless of what what season we're in over here. And long story short, this is this is like my third third month uh, since I've since I've been here in California. And so I'm I'm just getting used to to living out here. The fluctuations. It actually one thing that I was pretty surprised about living down here in San Diego is it actually does get pretty cold in the winter time, relatively it- speaking. Isn't that the the sea effect? Is is it what what's it called? Like at at night, the ocean becomes warm. Uh, ocean becomes cold, and then uh, yeah. Is, am, am I getting it right? Is is the yeah. sea effect right? Yeah. So essentially, because of like the moisture, like in the air and whatnot, do you get like a lot of, uh, like you said, sea breeze? And so we actually we in my apartment that I live in, we actually we don't have any air conditioning. Wow. And. So it's actually good also, right? Like climate change, right? You're saving up on your electricity and no carbon emissions yeah. from your air conditioner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you just you have the windows open uh, pretty much all the time. And yeah, you just kind of let, you know, the cold air come through. And at night, it's it's very, very cold, actually. So <laughs> I've had many times where I'm I've literally been wearing long sleeves uh in my, you know, for long sleeve t-shirt, long sleeve pants. And I'm literally freezing. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like I used to, used to live up in the Northeast and it would get into like the, you know, the teens, get up into the twenties at night. And now I'm freezing. It's 50 degrees. So I know that's what I was going to ask. Like, are you as in using the gear or like the clothes you bought on the East coast when you're living in Philly? Are you still using them? Are they, are they work? Do you use uh, them in Diego now? I mean, now that it's a little bit colder, I always find that my personal wardrobe gets much nicer, much more stylish when it's colder because I find that I like to wear long sleeves. I like to wear, you know, button downs and vests and especially, I mean, if you remember, I, I used to yeah. wear all these <laughs> like, uh, you know, colored chino gear. pants, yeah. the hockey gear. Yeah, I mean, I think, in the summertime, in a sense, it kind of just gets depressing. In my in my sense, I, I I think that it gets depressing in the summer because, you know, you're wearing just you know t-shirts. You're wearing these cut-off shirts with no sleeves. You're wearing shorts, you know, flip-flops, and I don't know. I just feel like there's not really a whole bunch of style to that. There's I I find that there's a lot of style that you can you can get in the in the winter time, and especially living on the East Coast, I think my style has kind of has changed a little bit. And so, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> I mean, do you, are, are you loving, are you, uh, are you, do you love living there? Do you think you ever move back to East coast or you like, you're just pretty set on the West coast? You know, I think, I think my, I lived there for six years on the East coast. It was a very, very nice time. I never, never really had any down times. There's so much to do. And I think the the city life on the East Coast is is so much different than the city life out on the West Coast because I feel like you have these densely packed metropolitan cities areas that you're just stacked up on top of each other, and there are so many good things that come about that. There's you know the beautiful architecture of these massive skyscrapers. You have and you're you, you know this more than anybody living in New York City that just like the melting pot of culture and differencing of views and people all together in one really small area is is just so beautiful is so great 
And I, I think that's a, that's what's so attractive to, you know, foreigners, to outsiders, to people on all, you know, sides of the world is just like, you want to be in something like that. But there are also obviously negatives to that where, you know, there's more crime. Some areas of the city are just, you know, <clears throat> due to like socioeconomic reasons there's you know there's poverty and then there's like really really dense wealth and 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 in that there's also you know places get trashed and people don't care about their environment and there's there's for those reasons i feel like that's what kind of wanted made me want to move back out west and i feel like in that sense i'm never going to say i'm i'm i always want to stay in one area but i think i'm going to i'm going to lean towards the Western side of the United States for the time well, being. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the points you were making, they're definitely true. Uh, but, but wouldn't you say that's kind of uh, there to some extent that also happens in the West coast, right? There are some areas which are like, you know, uh, like de- uh, densely populated, some area, which are like, you know, uh, like, uh, like, you know, upper, upper class people, middle-class people, um, I mean, it, it's the same there, right? But I guess you're saying in terms of like landmass, like it's it's more spread out uh, in California. Um, yeah, you're 100% correct. Yeah. So, you know, there's any anywhere you go in the world, in the globe, I believe that there's always going to be that divide between rich and poor and, you know, the haves and the haves nots. And so, I mean, and you see it all, the, all over the news in Los Angeles, San Francisco. These are some of the the richest cities in the world and yet you find like the most quantity or the most frequency of of poverty and homelessness and it's a a very very real problem and it's 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 a pretty tough problem to solve as well so and i'm i'm curious um, from your standpoint, because you you're somebody that has kind of traveled around the world and has has been to different cities and whatnot. How does something like this problem? How does that compare to other cities that you've seen around the world? So I mean, so I mean, I lived like most of my life in India. Uh, I grew up there. I was born and raised in Jaipur. Uh, after that, uh, I moved uh, to U.S. That's the second country I've lived here. But apart from that, I've like, of course, traveled a lot. Uh, my family loves to travel a lot. Uh, we do like most of the parts in India, like Asia, Bangkok, Thailand, uh, even some parts of Europe. Uh, I mean, it's it's a very, you know, difficult question. And it's I think that's like the million, you, you just asked me the million dollar question, right? Like, how do you solve, solve this problem? <laughs> um, I, I don't think there's like a right approach to it, like a right, uh, like a framework to it. It also depends. Some people are okay with that. Like some people like that lifestyle, like coming from India, you know, some people are like, okay, with that we don't want to like live like this posh life. We don't want to just leave, live ourselves. We don't want people to like, you know, judge us or like uh, tell us how to live or how to, you should eat this way. You should do that. Um, so I guess it, it depends uh, upon people to people also. Um, to, but in, in short, to answer your question, like I think the main, uh, the, the main people who can make these changes are the leaders, right? The politicians, uh, because that's, that's where you're sending your money. That's where you're like investing your money. Like that's where you pay your taxes, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way uh, to solve this problem. But then, you know, every country, every, you get a new leader, you get a new uh, new politician and they have different views and they have different goals. So I think that's where, uh, if, if they cannot see the vision, if they cannot, then they cannot lead the country or the city towards that vision, right? So I think at, at the end of the day, that those the people who can, make the uh, most changes and uh like for example coming from india in the u.s i would say freedom freedom of speech is more in the u.s than in india uh like you can speak your mind out you can you can go protest it's not that easy everywhere mm-hmm. um you know like especially coming from asian countries it's 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 very uh you know scrutinized and it's also uh, you know like people don't want to do it because they're scared right uh why, why do it? We just, just live the way they're living. They're afraid to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, they're not being across this globe, right? Like I, I became so open-minded like when I came to the States, right? Like uh, I learned new things, met new people, new culture. So I think that was one of the reasons I wanted to come to the States just to break out of that, uh, that, that uh, you know, uh, pre- predefined belief. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Uh, and, and almost like believe or have your own beliefs. And, 
you know, because like, exactly, if, like think think for myself, basically, like, rather than telling, rather than you know, uh, uh, like asking my parents to lead, you know, believing what they're saying, like challenge. Uh, I I like started challenging myself. Why am I doing this? You know, why am I doing this? Why why do I want to do this? Why do I want to eat this? Mm-hmm. So like asking myself rather than just believing people like blindly, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think <clears throat> the easiest representation of that in society is I feel like in in academia you know you you show up to a class that a lot of the times you don't really want to go to you don't want to show up to it and somebody is just force feeding all of these thoughts and concepts to you that you you're really trying not to accept but you have to because there are repercussions if you don't get a good grade you're not going to get a good job you're not going to be able to you know, pay for bills and do all these successful things that people say comes with money. And I think a lot of the times people really get to question themselves, to question these things that people are telling them because there's no, there's not any other way out other than just succeeding in that way. And yeah, I think there are a lot of uh, negative negative outcomes for not being able to you know break away from the social norms and be like you know this is how i want to do this this is how i want to see this i want to think for myself and like to challenge that status quo and in america you can do that and that's what's so beautiful about it that's that's 100 right and that's why i'm here <laughs> so so could you tell me about like how you started your career in civil engineering? What was your inspiration behind it? Uh, and why did you choose to come to master school? Like just walk me through where you started, uh, you know, when you, when you moved to like drug solid Philadelphia and all the way you came to the West Coast, uh, mm-hmm. like for uh, doing your master's. Uh, so could you walk me through like what was the inspiration and yeah. how did you start your career? So I guess to, to start all the way from the beginning, the beginning of time. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, not, not the big time to remind Before that. The time in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it really started when I was a little kid. I, for some reason or not, I was always exposed to building things. And I was very, very interested in building Legos. Uh, for instance, and there was something about the process that in my mind, in my brain had always clicked. I was not really, you know, a a, a kid who had many friends growing up and I didn't really, so I had a lot of time to myself and by doing that, by having a lot of time for myself, I explored, you know, these, these, the, the theory of, you know, building things. And so fast forward when I was trying to decide when, what, what I want to do for school and, you know, what, because school leads to so many other things in life. I, I was lost and I originally wanted to go into, into sports management was my original major Okay. Uh, to start undergrad. And I just didn't feel ready to go to school. I was not, I was not into it as I'm mentally ready for it. And I felt like I was just backing into sports management because I was a I was an athlete all my life that felt like it was something that would just click would make sense you know and so I decided I skipped a year of school and I tried to follow out my dream as a uh, professional hockey player and so I, yeah I know I, I do remember that you, you were in what, based in Minnesota right uh, uh, well, no on? so I, I I went to multiple tryouts like in the Minnesota region but I actually I lived in Dallas Texas for a, a year and wow. I lived the quote-unquote life I you know I, I woke up at maybe 10 o'clock I went straight into the gym I played hockey all day long went home played video games, ate pizza and went back to bed. And that was my quote unquote yeah, life. Sounds like a, <laughs> that sounds like a good life, right? Like right after you graduate. No, this was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends, depending on what, what is your, you know, prototypical, this is, this is my life. This is, this is what I want to aim for in life. And, you know, I just, 
I didn't find that purpose. I didn't find that motivating factor to wake up earlier than 10 o'clock AM every single day. And one day I was so fortunate in this, in this sense that I lived with a family who was on, you know, the, the son was on the team. So we were friends. Fortunately, the father of the family, he was a civil engineer and he was a civil structural engineer. He was building, uh, I remember one, one very vivid instance. He, this was the only instance actually that he brought home his drawings and his plans and he put it right on the dinner table and I happened to be there and I was just, I, I, I was on cloud nine. I mean, I was looking at all these things. They were so detailed and there was all these drawings and dots and everything. And I was just so curious and I was just asking questions. And it was literally at that moment where I was like, I want to be a civil engineer. Like, I, This is my calling. This is what brought me back to when I was a kid playing with Legos, looking at the plans of how to build this thing up. And so I did whatever it took for me to to become a civil engineer and i went through uh undergraduate school it was very very hard and you know i can imagine we both were you there were together. there as well <laughs> we took the same classes civil structural same engineering classes. and somehow we got through soil mechanics we got through foundation engineering with the uh, with chang and <laughs> i hated that class so much <laughs> Ch- Chang and Swan were like the buddies, you know. Like that's that's what I loved about. Yeah, it. It was like that 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 major I was like, wow, these buddies, you know, like they go way back because I know they both started at Drexel as well, and that's how they met, and they were buddies. Yeah, were like yeah, let's let's be <laughs> let's be professors, you know. That that was that was beautiful. <laughs> it's like, like the, it was, it was it's like, like wow. a fairy tale story. There, it's like ah, we exactly. we met we met like, in undergrad, and now we're professors in the same department. Yeah. <laughs> and same city you know same department is like one it was like one like one holocaust right yeah and I, I remember like swans like he had the fishing he was a fish fishing guy he loved fishing <laughs> so much it was <laughs> you seem to know a lot more about them than i do actually you, you... no i mean i'm just I, I think i'm good at absorbing uh things and like you know <laughs> remembering things so that the relationship was like well, dynamic you know i was like wow this is this absolutely is, you know, the global it together. was Two two men and their love for sand and rocks, sand, sand. and rocks. That's right. sand and rocks. that was their their sand and rock kind of guys. <laughs> I think that my favorite favorite class is the geology class, where you were like looking at different rocks and like you know uh, analyzing it. Oh, what yeah. rock is it? I think that was one of the. I was really like one of the classes I liked, and that soil mechanics. You remember in the basement we used to go and do the yep. tests. The, do it. Oh my god, the compaction I felt like and, a kid yeah. in in the playground basically. You're playing with sand. You know, you're you're, you're playing with <laughs> sand, you're putting water into it, seeing it mush together yeah. into mud. It's like <clears throat> it's just so crazy that okay, we learned that on a very like deep deep intellectual level. And there was a reason for all of that. All of that nonsense. Of course, you got you got to start, you know, you got to And you know what's funny is is Swan would always come in with those like just ginormous shoes of his. I don't know if you know. <laughs> I, know I remember shoes I, I know looked I like they were from like so the eighties. Like they were just there was so much character and like dirt and mud and anything you could think of in those shoes. I think he was probably size fourteen oh, or fifteen. Man. I don't know like, what size. That was yeah. so huge and it was so heavy too. I was like, you, if you look at it, it's like. You know, it's like yeah, they still know, tell ones. <laughs> it's like, yo, yeah. Swan, we're we're in the classroom. Like, you don't need to bring these in. Nobody's gonna drop like a a steel beam on your feet here. <laughs> uh, I I don't. Th- those two are just interesting, interesting characters that I think we're gonna remember our entire lives. <laughs> uh what what are, what are the other part of Drexel you liked the most when you were like you know pursuing your bachelor's in civil engineering? Uh, if you had to say one one thing, you know, wow. one thing which you loved wow, you a lot. Put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> you know, in some weird way, I loved spending late nights at the CAD lab. If you do, you remember the CAD lab? all of the computers i do remember the catalog that was the uh, place where all of your hopes and dreams went to die we, 
how can I not remember the free printing also? You have to get <laughs> one page, but I remember the free printing. Thing. Yeah, you had. To, yeah, that was the beautiful, the beautiful thing about Drexel's. It's sixty thousand to go there, and they don't even, they don't even provide you with free paper. You have to scrounge around. I, know. I would literally, but in the the mechanical engineering labs, they they would have they free paper. paper. So yeah. I would always, but I would literally do so to get into the mechanical engineering lab you have to scan your ID to get in there. And so obviously yeah. I was a civil engineer. I couldn't get in there. So I would literally, <laughs> I would wait around the hallway for somebody to walk in. I would hear the beep and I would literally run in before the door closed. So I was like, it was, it was like a little game. I was like, oh, I got to be able to sneak into the mechanical engineering laboratory just to get, not creepy at all. No. No, not creepy at all. Just a guy looking for some free printing, you know, free paper, that's all, you know. <laughs> Those are the struggles of uh, of undergrad. <laughs> I, I remember even Rushil, right? Rushil he was able to get us access sometimes because he yep. had access to that. Yeah. Yeah. Those that. are the perks. Should have been a mechanical engineer all along. Would have given you free paper. <laughs> but yeah, the, those were weird weird pleasures that I got was that and 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 you introduced this to me actually. It's getting free pizza at all of these like seminars. I, know. I was like free food actually. You <laughs> you are the only person I think I've ever met that on any given day could be like, oh yeah, let's go get free pizza at uh you know at some random like ceremony or what. Like was there not? Yeah. We don't even care about. We, we don't even to like, in there. Let's go. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure you. Do you remember you told me one time you went to like a Christian meeting or like a Christian gathering on campus, <laughs> I know. and I they know. provided you like some really gourmet meal, and they were trying to convert <laughs> you to Christian. You know? I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Free food, yeah, free food. Hey man, you know, as a student, I gotta save money. You know, you gotta, you gotta be an opportunistic. You know, you cannot like just if this free food, just go eat free food, man. Why spend money? But I think that was my motto. I was like, yeah, let's do no, it. No, it's just because you're uh, a cheapskate. Oh, That's what I <laughs> Nah, but okay. So you're saying you are not a cheap as a, I think as a student, everyone is a cheapskate. You know, and I think for me, I I use that money for more other things, you know, like going out to bars, drinking, concerts, you know, and that was my main way of So instead of paying for food, you're paying for alcohol and... <laughs> not, not just alcohol, right? Not, not just experiences. alcohol. Experiences. It, it, it was just like concerts. Yeah, yeah. Experiences, basically, you know, because I came to the States, you know, I didn't have a job as an undergrad uh, and I, I don't want to like put like a burden from my parents from India sending me money. Conversion was like really big, man, like sending money from Indian to like dollar it's like a big thing and you have to like international yeah. fees and everything so i was like you know like there's free food i'm paying for drexel i'm not stealing <laughs> food why well, i just eat it right like it's it's so i'm, I'm yeah. paying for the tuition fee uh for the and spend all the money for the experiences but it was fun. it was a good time yeah, i love that yeah thing. Drexel was like really yeah i think we uh and i think did we stayed roommates the second year right the first year you stayed in the dorm and i think second year onwards you've always yes. roommates if i yes. remember correctly. yeah we which was good too. Like we saved money. Also, we shared a room, man. It was yeah. a experience. It was the coats, man. Coats, coats. Uh, it's it's time. called the it's called coats, the carriage house the... now. It's, it's called the carriage <laughs> house. Yeah, and they, dude, they actually yeah. as soon as we left, the place completely got revamped. Like the whole. I know somebody. Someone yeah, it, right? management someone, someone, changed uh, someone and. That place time. was very old. <laughs> that, place that place was, was like very old. But you know, years old. I remember in that a place. way, like, though, I, I really liked it because it had some character to it. You know, it was like a brick brick facades exactly. all around. I think brick was the actual structure of the building. And yeah, which is good. Like back, yeah, back in the that's time, all that like, they had. Yeah, like the brick was expensive. Like concrete is expensive. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not that cheap. Yeah, I yeah, I think we did. I think we did it right. I will say, I I wouldn't really say anything bad about it. You know, it got us jobs, and yeah. look where we're at now. Now we're making the co-op yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, but you know what is is just crazy and mind blowing to me. Think about how different our experience would have been if COVID would have happened 
like during it, we would not have had co-ops potentially. Wow. I, I, I would have, I would have, yeah, I, I can't do the online experience, man. I'll come to India all the way to India. To do to that. Norway. I'm not yeah. that much money. I am touch wood. I'm lucky. And I'm really sorry for everyone else. I am really sorry, but yeah, we, we, we got lucky. I think I'm really happy about that. Um, so after you graduated from Drexel, uh, what, or what, how was your, uh, recruiting experience? Uh, uh, like, and I, I know uh, you worked mm-hmm. right after Drexel, how, how, how was your experience after, after that? And, like, was that one of the reasons you wanted to go to master's, like from the experience? Like, what was your motivation to go to pursue so, master's? Yeah, so I I was very fortunate to, to get a job right out of school, which is very, very tough, especially in this time of age. And yeah, so I worked for, for two years after undergraduate school. And I loved, I mean, I loved my job. I, I was inspecting bridges. Uh, I was outside. I remember you should like send me school snaps and like, you know, some, like some bridge in New Jersey. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, wow, I mean, is, you know, cool. that was, <laughs> that was, I, I wouldn't say that it was my dream job, but like I couldn't have asked for a better job out of school because it applied knowledge that I actually enjoyed and knowledge that I actually learned during school. I think so many jobs that kids take nowadays are, have nothing to do with what you learn in school. And it's almost just like, why did I just spend this much money to, you know, to do something that I'm, I didn't learn about? I didn't go in depth about. So I was fortunate in that. And, you know, I was, uh, I was able to travel and for work. So, you know, I'm listing all of these positives about work and I'm listing all these positives about my experiences and, you know, obviously paid very well. But there seemed like there was always something that was missing from from work and from what I was doing. There it just seemed like it was not that it was too easy because there were definitely instances where, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed and you feel as if, uh, you know, you can't make it through the work day. You're just stressed. Things aren't going your way. But there was something that was just not that motivating from just you know waking up at eight o'clock showing up to work at nine coming back at six at that point in my life i was i wanted to do something else i wanted something different you know i had i i I had this i was interning with this this company trans systems for almost a year previously so i had worked this job for about three years and if I'm, I'm starting to realize about myself that once I start doing something uh, very routine, it comes very easy and it's not exciting anymore. And so I was look, I, I wanted to feel that excitement again. And well, I didn't want to go back. I, I, you know, I had options where I could have just got a different job and, you know, there's no real right answer to this question is okay, what, what is going to give, what is going to give me that, sense of purpose that sense of excitement again and yeah because that's 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 what you find out throughout your life right it takes time uh, and then if you if you find that early that's good for you if not but yeah. you just go with the flow right uh, yeah and so i <clears throat> you know there was there's a lot of external factors and i will say that you know your journey uh you yourself middle your journey has been very i think inspirational to mine because i feel like we're we're very much so similar types of people on, you know, different journeys, but at different stages of, of our journey. And I, I think I always saw you as somebody that was maybe like a year or so ahead of my journey. And so you seeing you go back to school, you know, study for school and everything and, you know, how successful you are now working in New York always kind of motivated me to be like, Wow. Okay, I I could do that same thing too, but I have to work really hard and I have to study a lot. You're gonna make me cry, man. Um, don't cry. This is our this is our first podcast. You can't be crying on the first podcast here, man. You gotta we, we gotta wait for really we gotta that, wait man. for somebody a little bit more inspiring than myself to get you crying. Um, no, but in all in yeah, in all seriousness, like 
I think, I think seeing how if you know if if you put a lot of work into something, you want to see it pay off. And so, I decided that I felt like going back to school was the best thing for me. I think I wasn't something about school just reminds me of like when you're very young and you're very um, influenceable or you're very like you're like a sponge almost you you're exposed to so much information and you can just like your mind is just open you're open to, to anything anything new and something about academia just really hits me that way and so I was like I want to go back into that form and three months into it, I think I'm regretting that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> I think reflecting on, I'm, I'm almost done with my first quarter here. We've got finals coming up, not this coming week, but next week. Um, I think, especially with COVID happening, you know, the work from home, I really don't think it's as exciting as many people putting it out to be or I don't think so exciting at all yeah. I, I hate working from home I, I, I for me I want to like separate my space out like when I come home I just want to like relax or like you know watch tv cook food and when I go to the office exactly. I want to talk to people like socialize and like because at home I am not that motivated to be honest not that productive because I know this is a safe space no one's watching me you know there's like you know oh, I can do work I, I can do the work mm-hmm. behind I, I don't have to show my face but I like showing my face. Like, I want to be up yeah, front. Don't, and, uh, I mean, isn't there something about that. like dressing up nice, walking into like a nice of co- I, I office? Trust me. Like, I had a good, I had a good strong, yeah. I had a very strong sock game. I bought so many socks. <laughs> Did you just I say you have a strong sock game? Like, you know? <laughs> That's, wow. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And I think your, your mom and I think uh, Gary <laughs> inspired me because uh, when I came to Arizona, like Phoenix, like they gave me socks. these different like so i still have those you know like yeah. the dragon ones the chili ones and how, how can i not remember that the tobacco snake shot bite the shot. snake bite oh my god i think we had <laughs> so i think yeah from, uh, yeah after that i was like you know let's let's get some socks and uh, i have like these dress socks i went different every day like monday friday you know monday tuesday wednesday and i, I love wearing that. yeah I love wearing like shoes I... Like doing my dude sock sock game yeah. is huge i i think it, it might be more important yeah. than everything above the, the you know everything else i think <laughs> if you've got crazy socks i am impressed with you so no it is i will, I will it's all it's such a good on. like christmas <laughs> gift too just get like one pair of crazy it socks is. granted there are some expensive crazy <laughs> socks out there so to to all of yeah, like, like the sock like it's, makers it's the out there, you guys need to reduce your price, okay? Because I I should not be paying <laughs> more than about six dollars for a pair of crazy socks. But I wow. see. I think the maximum I have. Okay, see that that seems absurd that's... to me. Okay, that's that's <laughs> like. But I love that design. I'm like, okay, this guy's pretty. Okay, so even making sock. You know, it's it's a job, right? It's an artist's job. Yes. The person is an artist, and yes. even they have to make a living out of it, right? So I feel like it was, yeah. So I think for me, that it was like, wow, this this person just catches the man I wear this socks, like you know, catches the color, yeah. catches who I am as a person. So I was like, okay, I'll pay twenty bucks for it, you know. But not, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but not all the it's, time. You it's know? a luxury. Uh, I don't know. I, I just see. I'm literally seeing a pair of socks in front of me that are twenty dollars worth. That that's the equivalent of like eating out twice like that's like you know well not in I mean, yard, by the way that, that's okay. two chipotle burritos <laughs> or two burrito bowls like or socks one it's it's one one pair of socks wow i think okay. i'll go for the socks yeah i can make my own burrito bowl yeah. well <laughs> so what what inspired you like to pursue your master's in structural engineering, especially from the University of San Diego. Yeah, I think so. You know, I already I already spieled about how I like to build things, and you know, in yeah. my undergrad, I started getting introduced to uh, the specialty of structural engineering, which is pretty much 
analyzing the framework of any sort of structure. And I realized that I think the way that I think of the world, how I see the world is just a bunch of, you know, built up assemblies of parts. And I see a bed, you know, I see, you see a desk, you see a building, you see an airplane outside. And I really, the only thing that I see are little individual members that are connected together through bolts and fasteners and all of that stuff. And that's really all that is. And I know that that's probably very literal, or maybe it's a little too literal, but like if you break things down into little small pieces like that, that's really all that it is. And so I've always kind of been fascinated with, with that and just, you know, the, the, you know, foundational pieces of building things or like physics and mathematics to the point where I was like, you know, I want to learn more about it. And do I think, and I, and I, and I think that, I think that's something that I want to do for the rest of my life because I think it's, it's very interesting to me. Uh, Maybe it's also very challenging, right? Because you have to solve a problem. Yeah, it's very, it's extremely challenging. Uh, It's one of the motivations for going to, you know, a a more top tier school in UC Diego was wanted to challenge myself. Like I, as a hockey player, as an athlete, you never want to, you never want to just like play lower tier opponents. You always want to play. You want to always shoot for the stars. You don't want to, you know, shoot for, you know, definitely for nothing. So, yeah. So I had to apply to some of the top schools around the country and I knew that I wanted to go in California. So I applied to mostly California schools and was fortunate to get into pretty much all of them. And I was kind of tasked between, do I want to pick UCLA or do I want to pick the beach and San Diego? And UCLA is pretty much by the beach too. So it was pretty much between two beaches. And there was something about San Diego that when I walked around the campus, I just. So you did go visit the. Yeah. Yeah. This was the weirdest. This was the weirdest point in time because I was visiting all these schools in like February and in January of this year. So this was right when COVID was happening, but nobody really took it seriously. Wow. And I remember. Yeah. It started in New York. Like New York was the first one, like first hit. I think the last time I went to office was mm-hmm. like the first week of March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was super weird because I was traveling a lot to California, and it was starting to be on the headlines. Like oh, you should probably not travel that much. Like you guys should probably restrict travel. And I remember my roommates were kind of giving me grief that oh, you might end up getting this virus because you're traveling to California a lot, you know, it's coming from China, you know, people come to China from you know, California and back and forth and whatnot. And back then I was, just, I didn't really think it was a big deal. And I've been so fortunate. I've not, I've never contracted it or virus, the virus. And, you know, <clears throat> very, very fortunate in that, in that sense. And uh, I guess to, to do a little side, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit, but uh, I I want to just take this moment to uh, just to just to say um, like my my uncle's father just passed away actually this morning due to COVID, and I was yeah Sorry man. For that's like the second well it is one of the closer people so his his wife had died actually a couple of years ago she was the closest person that was to me that has ever died and so now he you know second one but obviously due to covid 
he, he died due to COVID. So he, uh, he had an accident. He like fell on his head. He was like in the, his mid nineties and he like fell on his head, like broke open his, okay. his, you know, his skull and it was really bad, but he was recovering. And then somehow in a nursing home, he ended up contracting COVID and he had, I wouldn't say that he had the best of lungs. I mean, he, he did smoke occasionally and, and then, yeah, just just this morning, he uh, he lost his fight. But so I just wanted to kind of shout out to uh, to him up in the great beyond and, uh, you know, the family and everything. So this is I mean, and obviously shout out to all of the the other people out there who have you know lost their lives to this horrible disease and, you know, hoping that we can figure things out, but I guess it kind of brings me back to the, to the place where, you know, I want to be, I want to, I always wanted to work on something that nobody has done before. And I always wanted to be challenged to do things that people have never done before. And I think that was the main motivation for going back to graduate school is that I'm, under the i'm hoping i'm praying that i'm given the opportunity the responsibility to you know build something for somebody that is going to change their life and you know people that are coming up with this vaccine right now they're this is their time to shine almost and i feel like yeah i mean i'm excited with the news you know there's a lot of like a lot of companies working together mm-hmm. in this like from all over the world i think that's that's a very you know, that's a very good sign that everyone's in this together. There's like, no, no US, no UK, no e- Russia. It's like, okay, we have to get a vaccine. How can we get a vaccine mm-hmm. and help everyone in the world? So I think that's a very good yeah, initiative. And I think that taking. there's no other higher uh, calling than that, than to be like, okay, this yeah. is a dire situation. There's a war going on, metaphorical or literal. And let's go, let's go fight that battle. Yeah. And for me, that's, that's yeah. something that'll get me up out of bed, you know. If if that's if that's really the main motivation for people, I just need to get up out of bed. That'll that'll help you. If there's something out there going on, go fight it. Like go, don't sit on the sidelines. Um, and I felt like I was doing that when I was when I was working. I I was obviously just collecting a really nice paycheck, but it wasn't it wasn't getting me up out of bed. So. I'm hoping, hoping that I'm, I'm doing something about it now. Yeah, I think you definitely are. So, how would you describe your online experience as a master's student in structural engineering at San mm-hmm. at University of San Diego? How do you spend it? How do you spend your time there? So, every day? so I'm also so I'm yeah I'm I'm taking roughly four classes right now, and. So I, I will say, I think that there's a lot of negative um, or bad energy about the, the like learning from home. And I would say that at least there, there are some classes that are very challenging to teach online. And it, it doesn't do it justice of course. to just, you know, see a PowerPoint presentation online through Zoom and that's it. Go do your homework. There are some classes where you need, you know, in a lab setting, you need to be there. You need to do the experiment. You need to touch things. You need that experience. But I will say there are some classes that I'm taking, like I'm taking like a, <clears throat> a computer science class where it's like uh, there's a lot of probability and math statistics and whatnot. And then you're coding. You can code from an- anywhere. You know, you can, you can, uh, you can do a software on and anywhere you just need to download it to your computer. And so I am noticing there, there's just some classes that are easier than others to do in this, you know, work from home setting. And so I think what I wanted to be able to do was, was to find those classes that was not going to be that affected by, obviously everybody is affected by COVID everybody's working from home, but 
how can you find something that is gonna translate as much as possible to just like the real world setting or the real classroom setting and so so far i've you know obviously the interactions with students is probably the most important thing and it's been a challenge to interact with my classmates through facebook messenger or you know through just linkedin texting and whatnot but when hard times come around you have to you have to work harder to, to figure out those problems or to solve those problems or fix your issue and i feel like there's some resiliency that you can get from dealing with these conditions that we're in right now and i think the people that are seeing it that way the people that master that when we go back to normal eventually hopefully uh the Hopefully. everybody Someone. will remember <laughs> you know I'm you'll remember talking. you remember the hard yeah. times more time more than the good times and i'm hoping that that sticks with some of my colleagues that weirdly enough i've i've never met them in person but i've talked to them a lot on facebook messenger <laughs> so <laughs> that's gonna be interesting you know oh wow so you're a completely different person dude you know, i not in person i did <laughs> an orientation for this it job on campus and we had done it for like three weeks and so i knew what people looked like over zoom and then when i finally saw them in person i was like oh like not even in like a good or a bad way i was just like oh that's what you look like, like you're like wow. <laughs> you know like, and i'm sure they're thinking the same thing with me but it's just like it's, it's so weird it's so weird that's man. hilarious no of course it definitely is like even in my team I saw my team the first week, but I don't think so. They remember how it looked like. Even I don't remember how they look like because we don't have to use a camera. So yeah. I only use my camera with my manager. But apart <laughs> from that, I just forgot how they look like. Like I'm like, wow. Like because I literally started this like job in March. Like that was my, you know, and COVID happened. I was like, wow, I would change. Yeah. You know, started working from home. <laughs> um, so it's gonna be definitely. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> don't really know. Goes. There could be a. Then could you imagine if just like we literally never go back into an office setting? If you are stuck nah, I don't in your so house for the rest of your life. I would just I would then I would just move out of the city then eventually. Like there's no yeah. point of me in the city. Like the the only reason I moved to the city is to like socialize, connect uh -huh. with people, make connections, you know, try out new things. So if it that's that's gonna happen, then I might just uh, move to Hawaii or like mm -hmm. somewhere like the beach, you know. So at least that way I'm closer to the nature. I can breathe some fresh air and not pay high <laughs> rent and taxes. You're so right. <laughs> you know, so I think, yeah, like, why, yeah, why stay here then? You know, just, just go. I, I can also like go to any part of uh, like Europe, uh, mm -hmm. like, you know, any of the countries. Like, and a lot of countries are doing that right now. Like Finland is like asking people like to move there for like three, four mm -hmm. months, enjoy the life. And, you know, uh, yeah, a lot of people are doing, the uh, countries are doing it right now because it's so easy to work from home right now. Uh, so thanks to the digital I technology. Just, yeah, uh, I just wonder <laughs> if if more people are taking these tech jobs and they're all letting them just home. I, like, no, they are. Uh, so like Twitter, they they're for indefinitely you can work from home because like as a as a tech person, like it depends what part of tech you are. Like as a software engineer, all you yeah. have to do is code every day. You don't need to talk to anyone. You all if you code and send your code, the manager reads your code and sends out. So for that person, they don't even have to be in uh, in in, in mm -hmm. you know in the office. Uh, it's just you know waste of the office space. Also, it's so, a lot of money. It's high, yeah. you know, high rent. Yeah, like for example, for my job as a product manager, like for me, I like talking to my team, coming with like solutions. Like how do you problem solve a, a problem, right? Like making designs on the on the black. I, I I love using whiteboard. So like you know like making designs on there and talking to people, going back and forth. That it's very difficult, like doing online, um, like because you know I I don't like drawing diagrams diagrams like on the laptop. I I mm -hmm. prefer to use my hand uh, rather than just uh, use. You uh, gotta like, get software, one of those so. stylists. So, I, mean, it, uh, I think Parikh got one. I know you should. You should I know consider got getting iPad, one of those because yeah, those are really really cool actually. Uh, yeah. No, I know. I'm just like debating right now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't buy it myself. <laughs> <laughs> my, 
Yeah, so I'm just I'm just saying if they can approve that budget, I can go yeah. buy it. Uh, so it'll be nice. But yeah, we'll see. So I'm gonna ask you two more questions. Sure. Let you you know uh, before I I bore you more <laughs> by asking uh, uh, more related to social engineering. So what are some opportunity opportunities for someone trying to enter uh-huh. this field? And the follow up question to that is, what can one do right now to prepare best for a career in this field? <clears throat> So you can stop with the first one, the opportunities, and you can follow up with the second one. Yeah, so opportunities. There's, I mean, there's a lot. So fortunately. And I think especially in California, right? That's like that structural. It's like, a good, the, the, yeah, the, there's, the side. there's a lot of um, structural engineering jobs out in California, especially because they they need they need the work because there's a lot of, you know, the structural engineering seismic yeah well so it's it's that and but there's also just like if you think about what a structural engineer does it's building something so that if you're building something typically that means that it's whatever you're building your city your um you know a town or whatever it's it's that means it's growing and that's so it's a good thing when structural engineers when they're the industry is good so um right now obviously we're probably not building as much as that we used to be doing, but once the economy comes back around, there's going to be so many jobs because there's, there's always going to be like local municipalities that are doing little small projects. There are obviously so many like just personal home projects that contractors are, are always looking for, especially younger engineers. And, you know, private companies, of course, there are some, you, you work for a, a, you know, ACOM is like the, the top, uh, you know, construction company, one of the top ones out there for design build. And so there's, there's a lot of those, there's, there's a lot of, um, I'm trying to move into, so previously, yeah, I was working in like civil engineering field, so more civil applications. And I would like to, to dip my toes into more of like the defense industry where there's like aerospace companies and you potentially work for the government. Uh, so you're looking at. Especially the space. Like uh, I know there's a startup called, uh, I forgot the name, but there's a startup like which recently like this week got $1 billion of funding from right. the air force and like the, the Navy just to build like things for like. Yeah. Space, well that too, that side so of it that's... is, you know, when, when you look at things from, and this is probably taboo now, but like when you look at things from literally like a first principles point of, of, of like analyzing a problem, a structural engineer can really go into any field, can go into civil engineering, aerospace engineering, mechanical engineering. You know, you could work on satellites, planes, building all of these things if you have the right like thought process and the right like fundamentals. And so for me, that that's what I'm trying to develop right now is that ability to be like, okay, I want to try out work in the aerospace structural engineering. And if I don't end up liking that, I know I can always go into civil engineering if I wanted to. And so I would say for, you know, younger engineers that are looking to get into the industry is, try and take as many fundamental classes as you can and then build up from there. But if you take more application-based classes, you know, if, if I, as a, as like an owner, when I've, I, if I don't have any use for that really small niche specialty that you just took, that I'm not going to need you to do a job for me. So learning, learning your physics, learning your, you know, statics, dynamics, and doing all of the structural analysis that you can, because there's a lot of math that's involved. And those hand calcs do come very much in handy eventually. So um, that's kind of where I'm trying to head with that. And yeah, advice, obviously, I will say a lot of the because I'm applying to like internships now, graduate internships for the summer. A lot of them yeah. are saying, 
we would like to see at least one extracurricular activity. And I think that that is mostly pertaining to like any sort of like club that's building something or, you know, they want to see that. That you can do something out of your comfort zone, like not, you're not just focus at one industry, right? Like not just touch engineering, like you're exploring new things. Yeah. And I think it's also about applying that. So anybody can just, you know, read the book and regurgitate exactly what the book says or exactly what the professor says, but in a, in a, like a, an activity where, okay, we're designing a concrete canoe, you're going to come up with problems that are not presented in the textbook and they're not going to tell you how to solve this in, in the classroom. So you got to figure it out on your own. And you're also with students that are thinking the same thing. And so I, I highly recommend that. And I started, um, at the beginning of San my graduate school of San Diego, I it was like, okay, I need to find something like this because I know that it's going to come up. So like I said, I'm trying to get into the aerospace structural industry. There's uh, a club on campus that they design drones essentially. So, you know, drones are like little, wow. little unmanned aerial vehicles essentially. And so I'm trying to be as much as involved in, in designing that as possible. And you just learn so much more when you're applying it than just doing what the professor tells you to do. And I think it kind of comes down to that. That's great. Uh, and what's your, what's your dream company? Do you have any dream companies you know, work for when you graduate? If you had to name two, three dream companies um, you're targeting. I mean, obviously, I think any engineer would be lying if they said that if they didn't want to work for SpaceX, I think some of the things, some of the things that they're doing (laughs) is just, it's just mind blowing. And it just seems like it's not real. And yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk is like crazy. This this guy, like he, he, he won like this German award of like making anything possible, you know, like coming with crazy ideas and just making, it actually implemented. Yeah, see, that's, that's the like, difference yeah. between He's him fine. and just any, you know, naysayer just on the sidelines. It's just like, you know, he says he's going to do something and he actually ends up doing it. And so I don't know why anybody yeah. would bet against that guy, but that's that's for a different discussion. <laughs> um, he's going to go big for sure. Like, I feel like once, like, SpaceX is getting big for sure. And once they, you know, start going to Mars, boom, it's going to, he's going to colonize Mars for sure. He's gonna make his own Elon, Elon Musk for it's, the it's first kind of Mars president. Of, yeah, I think uh, I would I would support that. I would vote that. <laughs> Let him do what he wants as long okay. he could he can nuke the Mars. But I hope he still has the freedom of speech. I hope he still has you know gives freedom of speech to people like they can do whatever they yeah. want. He's not like a dictator because sometimes when you get power, you just you just lose your like the goal you're going towards, and you're not the same person. Like money, in a, power, in a way, and I, 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 I feel think... like when you come up, with, when you build your own company, you're almost allowed to be yeah. like a little dictator in that sense. No, of course, because that's how you you stand, you know, make a stance, and that's how people follow, right? They don't take anything for granted then. Uh, but I'm just saying, once, like, you know, <laughs> we're talking about like if he moves to Mars and everything becomes a president, he's still the same person. Yeah, we hope so. Uh, not like <laughs> someone, but yeah. And I guess, you know, we can't really say anything, but I have high hopes for that guy. He's a very smart person, you know, gives opportunities yeah. to people. Uh, so I don't think so it's going to change. Hoping oh, so great. as well. And what, what are the other two companies? So I've been looking at like uh, defense research um, throughout. There's a lot of U.S. government agencies that are doing research in the field. Um, so I I just applied to like a naval engineering uh, for the U.S. Navy. Nice. Um, so hopefully hearing back from that and there's also a, a decent amount of like startup companies that are that are doing like drone design i know like california like so, uh, out here i think you should definitely go for startups like startup like it's a, yeah it's so a i experience. i think the the issue would be is like obviously okay off of linkedin anybody can see it but so how how do you develop like a a communication or a dialogue with them outside of LinkedIn that'll get them at their attention. 
And I think that's probably the main issue. So what I do, like uh, I've been through the same process as you, like, first of all, out of hundred people you talk to, like you send a message to only five or four people will reply to. That's okay. You know, don't get old. You just, just don't lose hope. Like I would say in my life, uh, I've sent like yeah. thousands of requests and out of the hundred people have replied to me. And out of the hundred people, like I had really good conversations with some other people. So what I usually go is like, you know, instead of like, you know, giving them a big message or something, I just say, Hey, uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I, you know, you talk about yourself. I'm a, I'm a like product manager working mm -hmm. in uh, New York city. I came across your file. Would love to learn your experience at this company. Can I have 15 minutes of time? And that's it. Just, just make it very simple and quick. And then once they reply to that, you always want to make sure they reply to you and they want to mm -hmm. get on a phone call with you. I think that's, that's, that's where you make the personal connection because that actually shows that you, you actually care about the company. You actually want to not just applying it just for the sake of it, just to get a job, but you actually want to talk to them and like talk more questions and give them a, a personal connection, mm -hmm. like personal value. So have you, have you been doing that? No. Uh, so I think I that's you, what uh, I'm going to do actually this, this next step. Yeah. Just, just keep it very short, you know? Yeah. Just like, Hey, I'm Ryan Benedius, a person in structural engineering from mm -hmm. San Diego. I came across your profile and would love to learn about your mm -hmm. role at this company. Can I have 15 minutes every time? Are you open to a 15 minutes chat? And that's it. You know, just keep it short and simple. And a lot of people yeah. reply to that actually, like in my experience, you know, people are like, Oh yeah. Uh, what is your time available uh, availability and all. And, you get on them and, you know, just have, have like a set of questions prepared in hand. Uh, make sure you do your research. Don't ask them stupid questions or like, you know, questions which you can find online. Oh, what does your company do? You already know what the company yeah, does yeah. if you look at online, right? Uh, but like asking them very like, you know, how did you come at, uh, how did you land, uh, how did you land a role at this company? Um, what skill set does one person need to mm -hmm. pursue in this career? Or what are some skills that like technical and non-technical skills that you need? Uh, like all those like questions that you can't find Makes online, like just by looking at the role or like looking at the company. Yeah. So definitely do that and just don't lose hope. It's, you know, that's how LinkedIn is. Uh, some mm -hmm. people reply, some people don't. And you, you just keep sending your invites, you know, like have, you know, I, I have it in notes. I have this, like this dialogue. All I have to do is just change the name <laughs> and I just copy, paste, send, yeah, copy, paste, man. send. You have to be, you have to be effective with that. Yeah. You, know? you can't just like type it in, you know, Absolutely. even your time is valuable. So I would say I spend like one or two hours in a day and it, it is helpful. Like a lot of people like, you know, reply back and I get on a call with them good. and it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a tough job market, it's a but definitely you, know, you gotta, with anything, you gotta just, it is writing. Hey, if it's easy, it's, it's, it's not your dream job. That's, I think that's my, uh, that's what I think. You know, if it's your dream job, it's, and if you get it easily, that's yeah. not your dream job. No, it's a good way of putting it. I think that's definitely a good way of putting it. Yeah, so that way it motivates you. Uh, so it's not easy. Like things coming in life and easy, then it's you know, did you actually work hard for it? Is it is it challenging? Absolutely. Um, so absolutely. But yeah. But yeah. So uh, thank you so much for this conversation today. Uh, before we you know jump uh, jump mm -hmm. off, uh, I want I also want to do you, let you do your thing. We have finals coming up. What what is one recommendation you will make uh, for this week? Uh, like it could be, it could be anything, you know, like a movie you watched, a food you ate, uh, an article wow. you read, a book or, or like, you know, some software yeah. or app you learned about any one thing this week. Well, uh, I mean, aside from using this anchor app, this is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, you know, I just want to, <laughs> uh, extend my best wishes. Uh, you know, thank you for, for inviting me onto this podcast and everything. This was very fun. And I hope that, you know, that I can come back yeah. on here very soon. And, uh, you know, definitely hoping will, the best definitely continue for, for, for sure. everything. And, you know, I think this form of communication is very nice as well. Um, my recommendation, my roommate gave me a onesie and man, are they comfortable? Uh, so. A oh, onesie. man, What's a onesie? Well, we could have a podcast on just different types of onesies, but a onesie <laughs> is essentially think about like PJs, but. PJs like from oh, top I see. to bottom. I see. I'm, I'm looking top right now. To bottom. Yeah, and there's like I'm a zipper. Right now. I, I he gave at, me a Christmas, Christmas one. one. Yeah, yeah. Did you give me a Christmas and one? it is so comfortable. And Dude. with with the work from Dude. home, you you can't even tell. And I'm sure that you could get a onesie that looks like a suit and tie. And I bet you they would not notice. I know, I'm <laughs> so right now. I'm going to recommend everybody goes out there and gets a onesie, a onesie and their life will change for the better. 
It's the second name for onesies. Pretty much, yeah. Suit. I think a onesie is more of like the PJ's version of yeah. it, the jumpsuit. Yeah, I think yeah. that kind of works too. Damn, like there you go. This is, this is good. I love it. I have. I'll have to try it out. I thought kangaroo. Like, I get the kangaroo one or something. <laughs> you should. You should wear that and then just like hop around New York City with it. <laughs> I know. I'd have something. Have something in, in you know the pocket, in the baby pocket. Have something oh, there. Good. That that's what I'm wearing when I'm when I'm visiting in San Diego. I won't let you in, dude. I'll I'll just say just go back on the plane. Go (laughs) back. (laughs) Oh man, this is you're giving me some. Well, there goes all of your productivity for this Saturday. (laughs) Looking up onesie. (laughs) (laughs) that's great. Perfect. Um, Well. Thank you so much, Ryan Benedius. Uh, and hopefully yep. I'll see you soon in San Diego. Good luck with everything. They're when, when ending on the ending? 16th. And then the party begins. So Great. Nice. Are you going back? We're to going Arizona, back. Right? Yeah, we're, we're going to be hiking and hanging out with a family and enjoying That's right. the places where COVID has not touched yet. So everything out in the outdoors <laughs> and... Yeah, I don't know about that. That might might not be true. It's a mess. We'll we'll have to do this again in a couple of months, and we'll yeah. see we'll see how things have changed. <laughs> Definitely. Well, have All a right. great weekend. Stay classy, and everyone. Take care. Thank you. So-